Hello, everyone. Welcome to Harmonic Heart. We're a music blog dedicated to showcasing musicians' stories and talent. I'm your host, Chris Millette. I'm excited to have guitarist Jeremy Hairston on the show today, man. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Um, Jeremy J.R. Hairston is a Baltimore, Maryland-based guitarist, virtual instructor, gear enthusiast, performer, and session player. Since the age of 17, Jeremy has devoted diligent practice to his craft, playing, gigging, recording, and writing across jazz, blues, rock, R&B, and Christian gospel genres. Um, he's a band member and lead guitarist with Lord Anna, Mercy Band, and at Messiah Community Church. He's a proud graduate of the Real HU, Howard University, <laughs> where he earned a BS in psychology. Yeah, so again, welcome, Jeremy, man. I'm glad to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, man. So, you know, I'm, I will say I'm, you know, a bit of a, a family friend. I, yeah, yeah uh, for know, sure. <laughs> if I say, you know, myself, um, you know, my freshman year, I was involved with the impact movement at Howard. And, mm -hmm. you know, your sister Leah was the president of that Bible study. And I got to spend time with that group. And, you know, it was a really, you know, meaningful time, you know, for my life. And, yeah, and, you know, since then I got to meet, you know, each of your siblings. And, you know, one thing I really love and kind of appreciate about y'all is how much you, you know, publicly so positively support each other. So I think that's a, you know, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then um, you also play guitar for the Mercy Band. So um, y'all were the hosts of the series DC Open Mics and you would help yep. me, you know, <laughs> get set up with my guitar and, you, you know, y'all really welcome in. And of course, y'all you know, crushed it, you know, every time. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man. Um, you know, we'll go ahead and start with, um, how did you first get into playing guitar? So I got into the guitar, uh, sort of around my freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I guess I was like 14 or 15. Mm. Um, at my school, we had a wood shop. Um, and the shop teacher, um, his name is Mr. Howard. He um, builds guitars and basses like in his spare time. Oh. And he's a, he's a bass player, guitar player himself. Mm. And so he had a class uh, specifically for guitar building. Oh. Um, and I, I remember he had had that class for years before. And, and um, the school I went to is, is K through 12. So when I was growing up, I would see when we'd be in, in woodshop, um, at younger ages, I'd see the, the high schoolers like building their guitars and stuff. I thought that was just the coolest thing. Wow. And wow. so I um, didn't know how to play, wasn't super interested in learning how to play, but I wanted to take that class because I wanted to say I built a guitar. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, so in that class, I learned um, just about the guitar in general as an instrument. Mm -hmm. um about how electric guitars work um different types of like pickups and how different woods affect things how it sounds mm -hmm. and all that mm -hmm. and also history um and just like influential people mm -hmm. and so early on in the class um when we'd be drawing our designs and stuff like that uh, our teacher would put us on to just like different artists so mm -hmm. um he played uh i remember two videos specifically that he played and i was like oh that, it would be really cool if i could do that so uh, he played um jimmy hendrix playing hey joe at monterey pop festival huh, uh, 1967 yeah. it was his first concert in the u.s after going to england where he sort of made his name mm. um 
and that it was really just like a transformational experience mm. for me to see that for the first time what do you think about that um, video really stuck out to you um it was just so um unattainable but yet mm. so human at the same time wow wow um mm. if you've ever listened to hendrix then you know like what are, what he plays is so natural and so mm. um mm. so pure mm. but mm. at the same time um it sounds and feels so magical i don't know i, I don't know how that. else to explain it i love that um, i love that yeah <laughs> um and so I was just captivated by that. And I started mm-hmm. listening. I would, I would go down rabbit holes on like Pandora radio wow. and Spotify right. or, or whatever was out at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I really got into the music then. And then uh, the second video he played was Prince um, playing uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, the Beatles song, the George oh. Harrison song uh, oh. at the 2004 mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. So they had all these, oh, okay. all these stars. Tom Petty was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, George Harrison's son was on stage. And Prince like closed out the song with this amazing solo. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> what is this? Right. It was really, it was incredible. Um, uh, and hmm. so, um, yeah, that was, those two videos specifically mm. were really inspiring to me seeing Hendrix and Prince and yeah those are, um, those sound like powerful moments and you know yeah just being that's yeah I think what I like about you know that story you taking us back to that class um I guess two things one just such a deep appreciation for the the guitar instrument just yeah. the different you know woods and materials and like what it takes to actually go into making a guitar just you know just that deep level of appreciation and then also seeing you know just you know the greats um doing their thing and being awe inspired by them too Mm -hmm. wow yeah Yeah, that's really powerful Hmm. man i think okay yeah so you know that class was really sounds like it really inspired you so how did you go to picking up guitar to learn to play yourself yeah so i um once that class was over um, and I had my guitar, I brought it home. I actually have it over here. I oh, can yeah. show you, I can show yeah, you in a see. second. Yeah, sure. Anytime, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I had it at home and I would like noodle around on it. I, um, I played the trumpet from the time I was nine or 10 mm. um, up through high school. So I, I was oh. in the concert band and jazz band um, orchestra or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... I was heavy into that and um so i would sort of pick out parts that i had played on the trumpet and i would try to learn them on the guitar just like noodling or i'd play little popular songs or lines Mm -hmm. um my dad took me to the to guitar center for the first time Mm -hmm. and uh i picked out like a little line six like practice amp or something okay and um so i had that and i wasn't really consistent about it for a couple of years actually um and my best friend in high school um was the guitar player in the jazz band um and i was listening all the time though like Mm. i got heavy heavy into like blues music i discovered around that time Mm -hmm. and that's what really like drove me to wanting to learn how to do it myself Um, interesting it was cool to have up until then and i I could say like oh i have a guitar like i have a 
guitar. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I discovered um, like what the blues was mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I really want to do this because that form of expression was just really powerful to me. So mm-hmm. um, I remember it was right after or like during our midterm exams, um, the winter of my junior year. And we had a bunch of downtime because you'd go to school, but uh, you wouldn't have to go to classes. You just go to your exams and then you could chill out or whatever. So in between mm-hmm. exams, I asked my friend, I was like, hey, if I bring my guitar in, can you can you show me some stuff? Oh. He was like, yeah, sure. Just bring it in. Mm-hmm. So um, next day I brought it and I brought my little amp down to the music room and he showed me like an E chord and an A mm-hmm. chord. He showed me the, uh, the minor pentatonic scale, which if anybody listening plays guitar or knows anything about it, then you know that's sort of the basis of a lot, like mm. a lot of guitar riffs and music and mm. solos mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. yeah, that's how I got into it. And um, so he would show me some things and I just take it home and just like listen to records or listen to Spotify or whatever, mm-hmm. try to figure out what I was hearing. I never really liked reading music, um, mm-hmm. even when I played the trumpet and we had mm-hmm. to read it. I just, yeah. I would just memorize the music and right. show up when it was time, <laughs> when yeah, it was time for the concert. It. I just right. had it memorized and I would just play it. Yeah, same, um, same. That's what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I learned how to read tabs, but mm-hmm. I never really learned uh, notation, mm-hmm. um, which hasn't really been a hindrance for me thus far. Um, it's not something that I'm averse to like I, I and I can read it slowly when I need to but uh yeah so I would just listen to like Jimi Hendrix and I listen to like Eric Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan and John Mayer and all these guitar players Gary Clark Jr. was a big influence on me early on because mm-hmm. um, he was one of the first like younger black men that I saw like playing blues and rock music Mm. and being successful at it and just having his own style is really dope Mm, Um, listening to the black keys and i would just like figure out different riffs and stuff Mm. and i just took it from there just like tried to expand and um yeah so that's how i got into like learning myself yeah and who are some of the the blues musicians that really stuck out to you yeah so um i remember i would listen to um like this song called red house Mm, that's a that's a Jimi hendrix song and i would find like any any version i could like Mm. any bootleg version the record Mm. versions he had he recorded several versions on like Mm. anthologies and all that kind of stuff i would just do deep dives Mm. and um and then i got into bb king um and john mayer and Freddie King, um, mm, so different mm. generations. BB and Freddie were sort of the same generation. John Mayer uh, obviously is a current artist, mm, um, and the Black Keys um, also current um, artists, but they played music that was just older. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and eventually I got into. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with a guy called Derek Trucks. He's mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. he's a guitar player. Um, he's based out of Jacksonville, Florida. and he um his uncle butch trucks was a drummer in this band called the almond brothers Hmm. and so they were they were like a legendary rock band from this from the late 60s going um they just um their last show they played in 2014 um Hmm. and they were like blues rock but it was influenced with like jazz and all this kind of stuff 
Mm. And so, yeah, just any uh, Muddy Waters, Howlin' mm. Wolf, yeah. Sun House, uh, mm. Mm. Lightning Hopkins, just like anyone I could I could find who played blues, like I would listen to it. So, mm. yeah. yeah, I'm curious about, you know, you said at 17, you kind of started diligently playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you know, how you, could you speak a little more to like how you were developing your skills and how these different guitarists influenced, you know, your playing? Yeah, sure. Um, so I would really, I would get home from school uh, and before, before I would do my homework, I'd just sit or before I ate dinner or whatever, mm-hmm. I would sit, uh, listen to music and I would uh, play what I thought I heard. Um, mm-hmm. thankfully my ear, because I played the trumpet was as a decent ear, you know, mm-hmm. um, I relied on it a lot. And so I would literally here, I, I'll, I'm going to grab a guitar and show you. Oh yeah. Of how, yeah. Let's how, do it, man. How. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Special treat. Jeremy Hairston bringing over a guitar is going to show us some, um, some of his techniques of learning. So this is the guitar that I built in wow. high school. Oh, that's it's beautiful. A, uh, thank you. It's a, I put my initials on it a little hey, later. Nice. But um, <laughs> I don't know if it's the tune, but that's okay. Um, it's a, it's based on a Fender Telecaster. Mm, Super nice simple design. So mm. that the neck is bolted on with these screws and mm. the strings go through the back and go up the mm. neck and all that. So wow. let's see. Man, yeah, and talk about, you know, the condition. It still looks pristine from high school, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's got some scratches and stuff. Some, okay, some yeah. of the paint's missing a little bit, but it's... Good, um, good. Yeah, I, I like to keep my guitars as nicely as I can, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not afraid to ding them up if they... if I'm not too precious about them. They're tools nice. to be used. Right, yeah, they're meant to be they used. beautiful mm-hmm. instruments, yeah. Right. So I use all of my guitars, um, I don't put them, I don't keep them in their case and lock them under the bed or whatever. <laughs> nice. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, I would just sit. I had my little amp. I don't have this plugged in because it'd be really loud, but oh, okay. <laughs> um, hopefully you'll be able to hear just mm-hmm. acoustically. Yeah. Um, I, f- I would figure out just the relationships between strings and, and frets. Mm. So I would figure out this note right here is the same oh. as this mm. note here. That's an octave, right. um, the seventh fret up on the next string. Mm. And so I would learn riffs. Um, like there's a song called I Got Mine by the Black Keys. It was popular like 2010, 2011, maybe. Mm, okay. And it sounds like. And so mm. I would just play simple mm. stuff like that. It's not a lot right. of movement, not a lot mm. going on, mm-hmm. but it's powerful. Like if you listen to the record, it's a really, really great mm. record. Mm. Um, it's on, it's on the record called um, Attack and Release by the Black Keys. Attack and Release. Um, yeah. Mm. Highly recommend it. Um, uh. But yeah, so I would sit and, and do that. And I would, I would uh, just go through and explore uh, actually Spotify and, um, Pandora, but really Spotify was a big sort of thing um, and helping me like find new music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it came, I think it came out uh, like my freshman or sophomore year of uh, high school. At least yeah. I, I became aware of it then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I signed up for it. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I can just, <laughs> I can just I listen know. to whatever. <laughs> but yeah, game changer. Like, don't have to buy the CD, like all exactly. this music accessible as well. Yeah. And these days, I actually prefer to like buy physical copies. I have like, mm. A bunch of records on the oh, shelf. Oh, nice! The collection, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, and I still listen to Spotify. I have <laughs> Spotify on my phone or whatever. Oh, but um, yeah, so I would just go through, and they would have like related artists. So I'd see the mm-hmm. Black Keys. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking through, and I'd see the White Stripes as a related artist. Oh, so I'd right. be, oh yeah. who are the White Stripes? <laughs> and then I got into Jack White, and I was like, wow, this oh, guy is yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> and um. Mm one thing just would lead to another and i'd go back in circles and find mm. who was related to who right. musically speaking mm. um, who influenced who and, and so on and so forth mm-hmm. um, and then youtube was a big thing uh, um, hmm. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have uh come up playing in a time where all of that all this information is just accessible to us mm-hmm. via the internet um, yeah mm-hmm. for good and for for better and for worse i think um mm. It can, I think it can hinder sometimes creativity, but um, I think it's good when you want to learn something and you don't have to bend over backwards to find it, mm, especially when right. you're first starting out. That's a, right. that's a big deal because it keeps you wanting to come back to the mm, instrument. Mm. And so um, I would watch videos by like uh, Marty Schwartz. He's a big YouTuber name. and he, yeah, he teaches um, just like he teaches songs, popular songs that are uh, current on the radio and, and classic songs. And he teaches them in a way that beginners can really sort of understand. Oh, okay. And, nice. Yeah. And so things like that were really, really helpful for me too. Um, I, did, I did end up taking lessons once I got to college. Mm. I was taking private lessons uh, for about four years. And I learned, um, I learned a lot of, uh, sort of, I learned a lot of jazz, um, based things. Mm. And I learned, um, I learned, I learned a lot of finger picking, like on acoustic oh, guitar. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. And sort of like some Delta blues mm. sort of things. Mm. Wow. Um, so yeah, that, I hope that answers your question. No, definitely. I have a couple follow-ups. Um, sure. Yeah, one, yeah, I think it's, you know, fascinating what you're talking about, you kind of intently studying the fretboard. Like one thing, like with piano, I feel more comfortable because I feel like when I look at each, you know, key, I know what that note is, but like on mm-hmm. guitar, that is less clear to me. So I think uh, you know, yeah. that's interesting um, how you studied the fretboard. Like, could you kind of talk a little more to that process of like learning kind of the notes um, yeah it's uh it's interesting you say that because i have the exact opposite um, reaction when i see a keyboard mm, interesting <laughs> um, nice. all i see is just like <laughs> black and white right right mm-hmm. and so i know what the keys are on the keyboard because i've just learned them but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm no keyboard player necessarily but i can pick out what i need to mm-hmm. um but on a guitar i think it's um what drew me to it was that I could see each note, um, like you were saying um, with the keyboard. Yeah. But with the trumpet, like it's even worse because you can't. It's three right um, three vowels, so oh, you have to do combinations. And on the trumpet, what changes the the air? What changes the note is like the amount of air you put in. 
combined oh. with the valve combination. Wow. Okay. So cool. <laughs> if you blow really hard, you get a higher note. Mm. If you blow softer, you get a lower note, and uh -huh. then you you do mm. different combinations uh, uh -huh. with your with your right hand. That's fascinating. But mm. when I picked up the guitar, I could see oh, like this is an E, and this huh. is always going to be an E. And if I go five frets up from E, that's always going to be an A. Mm. And mm. it doesn't matter like how hard I play, I can play soft. Mm. I can dig okay. into it. It's mm -hmm. going to be an A, uh, and I can yeah. see where I would need to go if I want to go somewhere else. So if I want to go to another E. Mm. So I can see lines before I know to play them. Mm. Um, mm. And that helps when you're trying to develop a vocabulary. Mm -hmm. um, I can see where I need to go instead of having to imagine it. <laughs> Right. These, these days, when I, I hear in my head where I need to go, because and because I'm so familiar with where I am, mm. um, um, I can sort of, I don't have to communicate as hard w between my brain and my hand. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's really interesting, you know, about that. And I'm curious because it does seem like, you know, when guitarists are like soloing or shredding, it seems like they already know, like, what they're going to play and like where they want to yeah. go. Um, so is that, was that kind of your process of getting there in terms of like, you have those ideas in your head and like by learning the fretboard and that way getting so comfortable, you're able to kind of just, it'd be an extension of, you know, what you had in your head. Yeah. It was, um, once I learned certain scales, I think the minor pentatonic, which I was telling you about earlier, mm -hmm. um, uh, if we're, in A, it sounds like this. Forgive me, my guitar is not in tune, but I didn't have time oh, to, no, to tune yeah, it before. That's cool. Um, you get the, the gist of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so once you, once I learned that um, and learned how easily transposable anything is on the guitar, mm -hmm. if I want to transpose it, a whole step down i just move my my hand two yeah. frets down half a step is one fret a whole step is two frets mm -hmm. and so from here i can go here and mm. it's the same muscle memory uh just in a different place on the neck mm -hmm. and um that was a huge um that was a huge barrier that i learned to overcome mm -hmm. um from just um it was something that i learned it's like something was unlocked i'll put it that way right yeah mm -hmm. and so once i once that was unlocked it was like oh okay so no matter what key i'm in i know if i'm i know i can play sort of this scale and i can be like i can sound how i want to sound mm -hmm. and so after that um Like for here, I, I'd never, um, I didn't learn nearly as many scales on the trumpet as mm. I should have, <laughs> but I also didn't learn nearly as many as I did once I started playing guitar, mm. um, because in any key, your hands, like the muscle memory doesn't, doesn't change like I was mm. saying before. Right. And so 
um, I could visualize a scale rather than having to see where the notes were on the page in my head if I wasn't mm. looking at music. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really helpful to bridge those gaps. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm quite a visual person. <laughs> and so it's really helpful to know um, where I can go based on where I am and see that rather than have to imagine that and just know that. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, uh, that's a good thing to know when you're starting. Eventually, you do want to see where you are in your head or hear where you are and know where you want to go and not have to look down necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's a lot of muscle memory. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a lot of um, it's a lot of experimenting with different licks mm, um, mm. and adding your own flavor to them, and then knowing, and then putting them into context. I have like a library, I guess, so to speak, of just like sounds and and um, and licks or just um, phrases, musical phrases, mm. and yeah in just in your head kind of yeah uh, yeah mm -hmm. yeah and in different contexts um i can just pull them out because mm. i know no matter where i am and what key i'm in um the the physical movement is not very different mm. so yeah and this yeah. was this was actually one of you know my major questions us talking about scales and soloing so um mm -hmm. you know so you said the the minor pentatonic is a good one like one of the main ones to, yeah. to know and learn yeah, the minor pentatonic um, and the blues scale. Um, blue scale. So, sorry, this is bugging me. <laughs> so that's that's B minor, the pentatonic scale, um, and the blues scale are separated by. Um, by one note, which is this flat five note. Mm -hmm. um, so I can go into detail about like numbering the notes in the scale or whatever. So, but it's just pentatonic is five notes, penta meaning five, tonic meaning notes. So one, two, three, four, five, and then back to the one. Mm -hmm. um, the blue scale adds the flat five, which is uh, the the it's half a step down from the fifth note in the major scale. So mm. one, two, three, four, five, and then you flatten that mm. uh, or take it a half a step down. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it uh, the blues scale, if you will. So mm. you'll hear a lot of um, guitar players will play stuff like mm. and yeah that stuff is blending the the minor scale the minor pentatonic scale and the the blues scale mm. um, oh. so those are those are really good especially mm. if you're into rock or if you're into blues guitar right then those are really good scales to, mm. to dig into you know and what would you say i feel like one of my things is like i'll i'll play the scale but it sounds mm. so boxy or like how would you say like after learning the scale, then it's just a matter of, you know, listening to music in those different genres to, and then like mimicking them? Cause it seems hard for me to actually take the scale and make it something that actually sounds like interesting or cool type of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, 
I would say listening uh, and hearing examples of how things are used and being able to pick them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, I think what comes with spending time with your instrument is just like having a touch and having a sense of how to be dynamic with it. Mm-hmm. Um, playing soft and playing loud and accentuating certain notes rather than mm-hmm. other notes. Oh. Um, that's a key. That's yeah. That's a major key, mm-hmm. uh, and just being a good musician, because mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, like, if you play everything at the same volume for the whole right. song, like, it's mm-hmm. not gonna the song's not gonna take you anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to to vary your dynamics, mm-hmm. um, and right. even when just playing a scale, if you if you make sh- if you make a point to to accentuate the one and the three or something like that. Or mm. um, if you play a scale to a metronome, mm-hmm. accent certain beats. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and practicing with a metronome is a major key that not enough people do. Uh, mm, but mm, um, it just helps yeah. with your technique um, and your timing. Right. Yeah, I saw John Mayer um, recommended that. So I was like, well, I mean, yeah. if you know John Mayer says it, the, you know, yeah. it's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I appreciate, you know, you going into those details and, um, you know, I want to, let me see, also ask you about, you said you took the lessons in college. Um, mm-hmm. Was that through Howard or outside of Howard? So my sister Maya um, oh, yes. started taking lessons. Yeah, you know, Maya. Um, <laughs> yeah. She started taking lessons with, uh, with an independent instructor outside of Howard. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I started like right before I got to Howard, like the summer before Mm. I started with that instructor. um, And um, yeah, I stuck with him all the way through. Um, I never took guitar class at Howard because I was, I actually was, was getting ready to sign up for it. And I asked somebody who had taken it and they were like, yeah, it's like for beginners. So like, if you Uh, are not a beginner, you'll probably get bored or mm, it won't won't be fruitful, a good Mm. use of your time. and all the advanced classes were, um, were for like minors and majors only. Oh, so, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, but it was it was fine. I, I wasn't mad or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then let me see. I want to you know get back to some of your story here. You know, so sure. Yeah, I'm curious how you know we talked about how you developed your skills. I'm curious, you know. Yeah, the different bands that you perform with, how did you get involved with them and what has been your experience playing with them? Okay, yeah. Um, So the first band I played with outside of like high school, like jazz band and stuff and like Mm -hmm. little jam sessions with my friends. Mm -hmm. First band where I actually like went to gigs Mm -hmm. um, and these were very humble gigs, but you know, um, was that band was called Flawed Logic. And oh yeah I remember yeah them. they were popular on campus they would play different events and stuff um mm-hmm. and so near the end of my freshman year um there was a like a kickback in cook hall or I, it was a some sort of like event that the ras put together mm-hmm. um and flawed logic was playing in the lounge mm-hmm. at cook hall so i went down and i um I was checking them out. I got to sit in and, and play a song with them. And uh, a friend of mine like sang a song. So we performed that with them. Oh, and yeah. um, 
and they were really laid back. I never played like I never really played like R and B music like that. Uh-huh. They were they were real. Um, yeah, it was like neo soul kind of R and B vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that stuck out was like they would just like switch instruments like in the middle of the set. Hmm. So uh. um, George, the singer, would like get on bass or get on keys, hmm. and <laughs> oh, let's see. So Jeremy kind of froze up for a second here. I'm sure he'll be back in one second. But yeah, Flawed Logic, um, they were, yeah, a band that they perform at different like socials at Howard and they're really great. Looks like we got Jeremy back here. Yeah, frozen up for a second. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's all good. You were describing um, like George, he um, will play multiple instruments. Yeah, and uh, like several of the members of the band were just like good at like several instruments. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, I remember and them so, being super talented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I um I linked up with a guitar player. His name is Bomani. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And um so we would get together a couple times. Um we got together a few times before uh, the end of that school year. And uh he showed me like how to play a couple of songs and different types of chords and stuff. Uh, and he was getting ready to graduate. So mm. he was like, um, I guess he talked to George and was, and I got a call from George that summer. It was mm. like, Hey, Beaumont, you know, Bomani graduated and uh, we have a spot for a guitar player. If you mm. want to join or, or if you mm. want to just jam with us, like, just let me know. Hey. And so I took that opportunity and it was really cool. Um, we had a lot of fun times playing mm. around campus, playing, we played every Friday night at uh, Florida Avenue grill. Oh, wow. um, Hmm. and um yeah so that was a lot of fun and fast forward to uh my junior year um so after my i played with flood logic all through my sophomore year mm-hmm. and then most mm-hmm. of those guys graduated um mm-hmm. so after my uh sophomore year there was nothing really going on and um i got a call in the spring of my junior year um from a guy named marcus Mm-hmm. and marcus um he was like hey like i got your number from logan who was one of the keyboard players in flawed logic um mm-hmm. and he was like i'm looking for a guitar player because i'm starting a band up mm-hmm. he had graduated from howard um a year or two prior and so i recognized his face um right. and I, I didn't know he was a musician i didn't know he sang or anything mm-hmm. and um so I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, okay. I didn't have anything really going on. Mm-hmm. So I joined that band. That's, uh, and that's the band I'm currently, um, one of the bands I'm currently playing with. Uh, we've been mm-hmm. playing together since 2017. Uh, wow. mm-hmm. um, 20, yeah, I think 2017. Um, our first gig, we actually hadn't had a rehearsal. Oh, <laughs> we had, really? We had a set list. <laughs> oh. We were playing this, uh, some sort of like showcase gig downtown in mm. dc oh wow <laughs> um and yeah we just like got up and played and it was it was cool like we we all met each other i knew um rj who was who was playing keys mm, at the time because mm. he had played a couple times with flawed logic i know him from campus oh, okay. um, but everyone else I, I just met him for the first time wow yeah. and we showed up and played and we mm. synced up really well sweet um wow. <laughs> and 
Yeah, that was really cool. Um, we started hosting open mics, like you mentioned earlier, the, right. the series DC open mic. And um, mm-hmm. we've played some really, really cool uh, shows since since we started up. We played um, at a couple of the Smithsonian museums for wow. like private Ooh. events. Wow. Uh, which is, those were really cool. We've played at the Howard Theater a couple of oh, times. Man. Wow. Um, where else did we play? Um, we've had like, sort of like residencies at at, uh, mm-hmm. at um a couple of um a couple of like bars in in dc oh, so okay. we um we played at a bar both of them are now defunct um mm. unfortunately covid kind of shut them down yeah but um Gosh, yeah smith public trust is, was one of them oh really they were, right there, oh, right? yeah that. they went out oh, of business gosh. unfortunately no yeah yeah uh and another was um the Cage Bird and Adams Morgan. Mm, that um, one closed too. Yep. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's really sad. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we had a lot of good times playing playing there, and mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to getting back with those guys again um, because it's been the last show we played was 2019. Like we ah. didn't. I don't think we played at all together. Maybe January we played a show. Mm, mm. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a while. So yeah, yeah, man, yeah. This you know pandemic has really upended so much, and it really has. Yeah, kept us all distant in a way and not performing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so that's one. That's one of my current bands. My other current band um, is called Lord Anna, and we um, we started up maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. um the lead singer's name is Ron and a mutual friend of ours um, put us in contact. A good friend of mine, who's an excellent guitar player. His name is Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew him. I've known Jim since I was maybe six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but his um, Jim's band had played a show uh, in Baltimore and I was at the show and on the bill was Ron's old band. And so mm-hmm. um we eventually got in contact and he was like, yeah, I'm trying to put something together. Um, let me know if you'd be interested in, in connecting and, and writing some music and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm. And that really piqued my interest because it's a whole different vibe from the Mercy Band. The Mercy Band mm. is really, um, we do a lot of covers and we do a lot of like R&B and um, neo soul kind of stuff, a lot of jazzier sort of things. Mm-hmm. And um, Lord Anna, we do a lot of, uh like indie rock rock and roll kind of mm-hmm. stuff which um yeah, nice. which you know i'm i'm heavy into so um right i know it flex the muscles yeah mm, yeah that's interesting now, now that you mention it because um you know when you were telling me all of your your you know influences a lot of those were on the rock side and yeah um yeah it seems nice to kind of have those two outlets of like the more soulful r&b with like the rock here as well exactly yeah Yeah. so um so we got together Hmm. and i would um we would just meet at his house and just see what came up and just like writing songs and the first time we met we wrote like four songs uh and like a few hours (laughs) wow and so about connecting yeah right yeah so uh (laughs) that was really cool and so we got the band together eventually it was just me and him at first so so we got um his old drummer and couple other guys um and 
we wrote we wrote some songs and we selected a few of them to go on an EP that we released earlier this year. Oh. Uh, we we recorded them at a studio downtown in Baltimore. Mm. So yeah, I'm really happy with how that turned out, and we're currently writing more songs now. So yeah, we actually oh. haven't played a live show. Um, yeah, we were gonna play our first show as our our EP release, which was gonna be in April. Mm. Mm. Um, so we released the EP, but we didn't get to play the show. So. Oh, and that's amazing that y'all got together, um, recorded an EP and put it out. Um, oh, I'm going to have to listen to that, man. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah. I mean, on our blog, we also have like a playlist. So yeah, I'm going to listen and put one of the songs on the playlist. Oh, right? for sure. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Wow. So the Mercy Band and Lord Anna. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, I've also- been playing in my church. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I've been playing. I started playing bass in my church uh, uh-huh. when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, started playing guitar around ju- my junior year. I would just like drive back from DC. I, I live outside of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I would drive back um, from DC every other weekend and play. And now I play consistently, obviously, so. Mm, sweet. Okay, okay. All right, yeah, and we'll talk some more about, I think, the church maybe in a bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all right, so we got to hear some of your background, um, you know, you know, in your story, developing your skills. We're going to get into, you know, some some guitar, some more guitar talk right now, man. Sure, I yeah. see, you know, in the background, what's a guitarist without a collection of guitars, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All my goods out here, yeah. Yeah, man. So, like, what are, you know, the different types of guitars you have and, like, what differentiates each, you know, guitar, man? Like, what what, what do you, you know, okay, cool, so, um, you know, for, like, this reason or that reason? Or, like, And I know you mm-hmm. built guitar, you know, you built a guitar and you know the difference between the wood and, you know, the types of strings and everything. So, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, so I really nerd out uh, when it comes to guitars. Hey. Uh, I yeah, that's sort of um, my, one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, so I love it. Um, so this, like I was saying before, I built this one in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on a Fender Telecaster. Uh, it has a Telecaster pickup down here. The pickups are these uh-huh. sort of silver things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can explain what those do in, in a second, but um, and then it has a, a a pickup that was designed more for like a Gretsch guitar, uh, which is mm-hmm. Gretsch is a company and they um, they make drums as well, but they make guitars and and they're really famous with like uh, chicken picking, like uh, country mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. rockabilly type music. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're using rock and roll, they're using blues, they're used all over the place. Mm, I see. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted a, a different pickup because this was, uh, oh. it was just kind of unique. I'd never seen one in a guitar like this. They, right. they like people make them, but I'd never seen one at the time. So oh. this was my, this was a guitar I started learning on. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's very dear to me and I will never, ever get rid of it. Ooh, man, um, that's awesome. I mean, your first guitar, you built it. Like, what's better yeah. than that? <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of that. Um, mm. So yeah, that's that was the first one. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. I'll show you. Um, I'll kind of go in chronological order. Sure, um, sounds good. So, I've had guitars since that I have sold. I had a couple 
one was a red uh, Epiphone, um, this big round uh, semi-hollow guitar mm -hmm. that I ended up um, selling when I got this guitar, which is a Gibson SG standard. Ooh. Uh, ah, I want one of those time. Yeah, yeah the, the red one. Yeah. Yeah, the the, mm -hmm. the red one is like a famous like this is an iconic guitar. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um so this is uh made by Gibson Guitars. They're based in they used to be based in um ooh, I forget where, mm -hmm. but now they're in Nashville. Oh, um, okay, nice. It's gonna haunt me. I'm not uh, <laughs> oh, no man. worries. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah so this SG stands for solid guitar. Um mm. The Telecaster was designed, the first ones came out in the late 40s, like 1949, 1950. Oh, hmm. um, and they've been a standing line that Fender produces ever since then. Yeah. Um, these, the first ones of these came out in 1961. Oh, okay, um, 1961, okay. And the Les Paul, which is, um, it's, it looks similar to this, but this uh, doesn't have it cut out right here. Um, oh, mm -hmm. oh was, right, yeah, um, yeah, I've seen. Those yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, anyone who's seen an electric guitar has probably seen a Les Paul or a Stratocaster. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, so this was a supposed to be the successor to the Les Paul, um, and the mm -hmm. guitar player mm -hmm. named Les Paul, he didn't like it, <laughs> and he wanted his name taken off of it. So <laughs> Gibson was like, "Okay, we'll just call it SG, <laughs> standing for Solid Guitar." <laughs> And um, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they never stopped making them. Um, and they're mm, beautiful mm. instruments. They play really well. They're awesome for like rock and blues. I put this um, mm. Bigsby vibrato system on it. So when you play, uh. when I wiggle this, it um, the strings oh, are pinched nice. under mm -hmm. under this rod, so it changes the pitch oh, as, as I works. bend the yeah as I've been the, uh, hmm. the vibrato. And uh, yeah, so I, oh. I got this guitar in uh, 2016, uh, spring mm. of 2016. Mm -hmm. And um, I was so, so happy. And I've played countless mm. gigs on it. I've learned so much, uh. like I learned so much music on mm. this guitar. It's very precious to me as oh. well. Huh. Um, yeah, oh. so. Mm. I was influenced by a guy named Derek Trucks. I think I might've mentioned it before, but um, he plays slide guitar. Derek Trucks. So he uh, has like a glass thing like this that he plays, he puts it on his finger. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's hard, it's kind of hard to hear without the amp on, but um, yeah, I, so I, I got it. into that and he plays one of these and uh, I love it a lot. So yeah, that's the SG. Um, let's see the next one. One sec. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, so we got the SG Gibson. All right. Here's our next one here. So this one is an Epiphone Century. I bought this in 2018. Ooh. Um nice yeah yeah this one is Ooh, unique yeah, because it's, it's beautiful too yeah it's fully hollow so if i knock on it mm -hmm. um right. there's nothing inside um mm -hmm. and so it plays really well acoustically if i just strum 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear it really well. Um, it has a really yeah, unique sound. Um, and yeah, I don't play anything like the, the way I play this guitar is just completely different from the way I play any other guitar because of how it feels wow, how so? just yeah. under my hands. Mm. Um, mm. The third string here, um, the G string is wound like it is on an acoustic guitar. So it's not smooth. Huh. You can feel the ridges. Um, oh. And that makes it harder to bend. I can, mm. I can do it, but it's much more difficult. And mm -hmm. it gives the guitar a really like raspy sort of tone along with this pickup. Um, oh. Yeah, it's a beautiful sounding guitar, I think. And it actually wasn't mm. super expensive. Um, mm -hmm. I got a cool deal on it because it was like on clearance or something. And I was really surprised. Oh, I went, wow. I had cool. gone to the store and I saw it there and I was like, ooh, that would be really cool. And I was at the time mm -hmm. I was working in California. And so oh, hmm. I was getting ready to leave um, like in a couple of weeks. And I was like, man, if I come back here, like before I leave and this guitar is like any cheaper, like I have to, I can't leave without buying this mm. guitar. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I've had, so I've had this one for a couple of years now and I really mm. enjoy it. Um, Are there it's particular a, it's a, genres you play on that one? Uh, I do a lot of songwriting on this one. Um, um, and just yeah. like sort of my singer songwriter side, even though I don't really sing like that. <laughs> oh, okay, um, I see. Hmm. But um, when I when I believe I can sing, I sit and and strum hmm. along and sing some tunes. So. Oh, that's sweet. Wow. Yeah. So there's that one. Mm -hmm. um, the I have three bases over here. Uh, one is on loan from a friend. Mm, um, nice. I'll show you. So this space I got. For my 18th birthday, this was a gift from my Ooh. parents. Oh, um, nice. Shout out to parents. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a Squire. So it's like Fender's um, East Asian counterpart where they build mm. their guitars for cheaper there. Oh, um, nice. But um, yeah, it's a jazz bass, um, another 60s design. Mm, yeah, most of my classic. guitars, yeah, most of my guitars are based uh, on old designs mm -hmm. um in fact most guitars in general are based on old designs oh, yeah. um but yeah so i played jazz bass i played uh on in my high school jazz band on this bass um mm -hmm. and yeah it still plays pretty good um yeah you can sort of groove on it really easily. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's cool it's solid instrument sweet um, and then i have this uh hoffner violin bass mm. which if you're familiar with paul mccartney or the beatles at all oh, then you'll recognize right. this yeah. bass mm -hmm. um, i do mm -hmm. so this is the type of bass this hoffner is a german company Okay. And uh, Paul McCartney liked Hoffner basses because they're symmetrical. So he's left-handed. So oh. he would just turn it over and it wouldn't be ergonomically difficult for him to play. Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, this one is also hollow inside, oh. even though it's hmm. it's chambered. So, um, so even though it's hollow, there's no F-holes or anything. Oh. Um, hmm. 
so yeah, that's that base. That's interesting. I mean, when it when you say so, when it's chambered and there's no holes oh, yeah. in it, does that mean mm-hmm. so, so? Could you still play it without um, plugging it in, or you could? Without... You just wouldn't hear it too much. Hmm. So is it chambered? Just um, yeah. Why would they have it hollow? Is there uh, one, it makes it lighter. Uh, mm. It's incredibly light, oh, um, okay. and it's more resonant. Um, oh. So the wood resonates because there's air instead of. So when vibrations have to go through air, or when vibrations have to go through wood, um, they don't get quite as far as when they just go through air. Mm. And so mm. there's chambers in in the body of this. They cut them out and then they stick the top on, mm. um, or they stick the the top and back on the onto the sides. Mm. and um but they have cutouts in there so it's like weight relief uh it's resonance and it gives it a unique tone too Mm. um Mm. there's something about semi-hollow and like chambered uh guitars and basses that i really really enjoy Mm. Um, interesting Mm. so yeah um let's see Here we go. Okay, so this is my favorite bass. Oh. Uh, this is a, another Squire, but um, surprisingly like solid quality and it sounds amazing to me. Oh. Um, it's, a, it's a precision bass. So this one came out before the jazz bass mm. in, the, in the early 60s. Um, mm-hmm. If you're familiar with any of like Motown songs, mm-hmm. obviously everyone knows Motown. <laughs> yeah. um, most of those songs were played on a bass similar to this. Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. And the trick was that the bass player named James Jamerson, um, mm-hmm. he played on on most of Motown's hits. He would put a piece of foam under the bridge right here, or under mm-hmm. the strings right by the bridge, to mute the strings um, to sound more like a like an upright like jazz bass. Oh wow! Huh. So yeah, um, I bought mm-hmm. this my freshman year of college, um, and I've I've loved it ever since. And I've got mm-hmm. one more. Um, oh, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Oh no, let's see it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this last one is my absolute prized possession. Um, this is my latest, uh, guitar. Um, it's Mm. a Paul Reed Smith, uh, which is a company, well, it's a man, but his company is based, um, about an hour from where I live in Annapolis, uh, their base or outside of Annapolis on Kent Island. And, um, I, this is by far the best instrument that I own and my favorite to play oh wow really um yeah it's um i don't know it's uh so it's based on a les paul um Mm -hmm. uh, it's based on a 1959 les paul Mm -hmm. which um is like the holy grail of guitars for many many people Uh, a true 1959 les paul will sell for easily three hundred thousand dollars yeah they're they're super super rare super sought after Wow. Um, Whoa. Let me turn this light on. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so um, 
So lots of companies like take that design and try to make it their own. And mm. Paul Reed Smith did just that. And I think they hit it out the park. Wow. Um, so it's got two pickups mm. um, which sound beautiful and a volume and a tone control, which rolls uh, at like the high frequencies. It like rolls them down or rolls them back up. Oh. Um, that's what a tone mm. control does. Oh. So if you hear like a jazzy kind of sound, usually the tone control is rolled down. If you hear like rock, the tone controls usually rolled up. Um, mm. And um, yeah, this one is semi-hollow. So um, mm. this side of the body um, is not chambered. Huh. This side is, and you can see oh. the, the F hole there. Mm -hmm. um, so you can sort of see inside of it. Um, mm. But yeah, so it's it's light, it's resonant. It, the neck feels amazing. Mm. It feels like my hand feels at home on this neck. Mm. Um, the guitar just sings. Uh, mm. It's a it's a joy to play, wow. and I received this. Um, uh, this was actually a gift from my parents as well um, yeah. wow. on my my birthday, my twenty mm. fourth birthday, wow. and I was super super humbled um, when they told me they wanted to buy me a guitar oh. and asked me which one I would want, and um, mm. and I had a it was. It's a it's an expensive guitar. Like I'm not gonna lie, mm, and yeah. so I didn't want them to buy it for me because I was just mm, like, mm. I I would rather mm. just like save up and just buy it, you know, down the line. I never dreamed I would <laughs> like own one, uh, wow. anytime soon. Because wow. um, yeah, but it was like a it was, it was my dream guitar, really. Yeah, I was actually gonna ask you what is your dream guitar, and it sounds like this is like oh yeah this, it. <laughs> it's right here this is it yeah so definitely you know speak on it you know wow so yeah that's amazing so your parents you know got you this one and yeah uh, I'm, i feel honored to to own it and to to play it every day so yeah uh, oh my goodness so um yeah you said um just the sound of it and the style of it, it it's your favorite instrument that yeah it's mm. it's in my opinion, it's beautiful to look at. It sounds mm. amazing. Um, oh. It's really it's built to like really really high quality stand mm. uh, standards mm. of quality. So, mm. um, yeah, it's really, it's really wow. Cool. Yeah, that is amazing. I love that. You know, in each of those instruments, you hold dear to your heart and kind of has a you know a different reason and you know different kind of roles that you pick them up for. And yeah. a lot of them are based off of like classic historic styles and, and reasons mm -hmm. as well wow yeah man oh sweet man okay so we we did the guitars what are your go-to guitar pedals man we're keeping it oh rolling. man <laughs> here let me uh i'm gonna unplug this so i can pick it up and show you oh yeah so i've got a, a sizable pedal board here sweet um, <laughs> uh, so let me turn it around these are my pedals. I got into pedals shortly after I got into the guitar. Okay. Um, wow. Look at and those. pedals are really cool because not only do they just like change the sound of the guitar, mm. but they can mm. really help you. And they can be a tool in songwriting if you find a sound that really inspires you. Mm -hmm. um, but I also really enjoy just like the actual act of putting together a board like this. Um, these are not, these don't come attached to the board. Like you buy them independently if anyone doesn't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've put, clearly a lot of money into, mm. into this thing. But um, yeah, so you have to, once you get the pedal, um, you, you have to figure out where it best 
where it sounds best and the chain of effects. So on this board, um, the chain starts with this white pedal right here. This is a tuner, um, which is always a necessity. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then it travels along the bottom half of the board. So through this blue one across the big black one to the little black one down here. And then that goes back around to this blue one up here. Um, and across here and then this goes out into my amplifier um they all do different that things. each of those like each effect goes through like the same like a, a essentially like a line cable yeah so the like the each signal of the goes effect kind of compounds effect. on each other they can so they're oh, all turned wow. they're all turned off you don't hear any of the effects and you just hear what the amp sounds like mm -hmm. And then when you mm -hmm. turn, um, I have it wired so that when you turn one on, obviously you hear just that, unless you turn it off or you have different combinations. Mm -hmm. There are, um, there are okay. people who make controllers to let you turn on multiples at a time. Um, I'm not quite that advanced, but I'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But I can sort of mm -hmm. try to explain what each one does. I'm gonna shift my camera yeah. down a little bit <laughs> so you can see. Oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. So starting yeah. over here, like I said, this is a tuner. This is a fuzz. Mm -hmm. A fuzz is a really like nasty sort of distortion sound, but sounds really cool in context. Um, think if you think of um, Jimi Hendrix's kind of sound, that's he mm -hmm. he's a uh, lot of right. fuzz. This is an auto wah, mm -hmm. um, uh, which yeah. um, an example of that sound would be John Mayer has a song called Rosie off of his last album. Mm. Um, which he uses that okay. this this type of effect, um, and if you're mm. familiar with like Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead, he uses this kind of effect, mm. or he used this kind of effect. Isn't it like the like the wah 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 <laughs> like wah, wah yeah wah, like that? And it does it, it with each note you play. So like the auto wah can detect the note and play it faster than you could use this pedal to make that sound. Um, oh, which brings oh. me to this one. This is a wah wah pedal that you click it on and you put your foot on it and wobble it up and down to make the wah, wah, wah oh, sound. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, this is another like overdrive fuzz kind of sound. Mm -hmm. uh, these three are all sort of overdrives. They're just different flavors. They sound different. Um, oh, okay. Coming up here, this is a chorus. Um, and a chorus is a real like 80s kind of sound. Um, it mm. sort of warbles the pitch. It's called a, um, uh, what's the term? Modulation. Uh, it modulates the pitch oh, okay. of the signal. Um, mm. Does it, um, it kind of make it sound like there's more than one note playing or something? Or is it more uh, just like of, it bends? Yeah, it bends the pitch, but it keeps the, the, uh, the natural note. It, that also plays through. So it sounds like there's multiples playing. Um, mm, okay. Sounds like there's one straight one and then one warbly one going. If you if uh, you can nice. visualize it that way. Um, mm -hmm. So this red and blue one is a octave pedal. So it uh, it has a signal that'll you can play the regular signal and then you can have a note up, an octave up. An octave is eight um, eight steps, but um it's the same note just higher and then you can have two octaves down which is the same note just lower and then lower again 
So it's really cool if I want mm. to emulate a bass with my guitar or if I wanted to add a little uh, shimmery kind of sound. Mm, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this blue one is a delay, so it's just like an echo. So mm, I could play yeah. a, a note, and I would just hear the the trails, the mm, echo trails. Oh, yeah. and it has all different types of delays and stuff. Um, wow. This big mm. black one is a reverb and tremolo pedal. So mm. reverb um, is what you hear naturally when when sound waves bounce off of walls and come back and hit your ears you're hearing the reverb in a big like cathedral you hear a lot of reverb in a small room you hear a little bit this emulates different uh different sizes of rooms and things and then the tremolo sends the volume up and down um so it's a really nice sound um i guess i could plug it in and and show you uh, yeah yeah uh that would probably make more sense than me just explaining everything but (laughs) And then this uh, is a looper pedal, which is really handy. You can uh, play yeah. something into it, hit this button, and it'll play it back. And you can design songs and things that way. I, I've done solo gigs where I use this a lot and just sort oh. of create hmm. whole songs with just the looper pedal. So, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful board. I know a lot of people, you know, and myself included, you know, look at guitarist pedals and wonder, like, well, what does each one do? So... Yeah, I yeah. appreciate you going through and, and explaining. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so sorry about that. No, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give me one second. I can turn the yeah. amp on and, and plug it in for you. Yeah, sounds great, man. Cool. So, sweet. Yeah, Jeremy is going to um, plug in his guitar to the amp and give us a little demonstration of. Um, some of the pedals so we can actually hear um, what the effects sound like so that'll be a nice treat for us Um, very cool Um, sweet Um, you know people use loop pedals I think um, Ed Sheeran is pretty popular for you know being in a whole arena and just having different loop pedals and you know, as a solo musician performing, you know, his whole show um, just as a loop. So yeah, Jeremy has a loop pedal on his board as well. Okay. Um, So yeah, I find, you know, the loop pedals to be fascinating. And I've seen, you know, some of Jeremy's YouTube videos and he posts on Instagram as well, where he um, includes, like he plays the loop. So he might start with like a chord progression um, and then add like a, a solo on top of the chord progression after he loops it. Um, so it's, you know, really cool how, you know, guitarists can just build up whole songs with the loop pedal. Yeah, so um, can you hear that well? Yeah, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> uh, Ooh, I like it. I'll tilt so, down here. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'll go through sort of what each one sort of sounds like on its own. Uh And I use them in combinations with each other. Mm -hmm. We could be here for eight (laughs) hours just going through combinations. So I won't won't, uh, bore you too much with that. So this is like the fuzz I was telling you about. 
something like that. Uh, Man, this is sweet. The, the uh, Ottawa sort of sound. Yeah, this is the wah. Let me see if I can sort of turn so you can see me, but. Ooh. Hey. Ah. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Nah. Hey, nah. Ah. <laughs> so if you ever hear something that sounds like. <laughs> you can sort of get that. So that was just fun to do. Yeah, it's um, funny. So these next three um, are all overdrives, so different different types of overdrives. So mm. here's what it sounds without any overdrive. So a nice clean sound mm -hmm. with overdrive, yeah. it gets kind of nasty. So that's one. Um, I'm not stacking them, so they're not all on at the same time. Here's the next one. Um, so a little less severe. Um, but and then the last one can get really distorted. I don't think it's set to be super, super distorted, but so yeah. And then the top row, here's what the chorus sounds like. So without the, without the pedal on. And with the pedal on, uh, it gives you a nice like 80s sort of nostalgic sound. Uh, right, yeah. So I'm sure everybody knows this song. So Purple Rain. Um, oh, wow. classic. Yeah, yeah that's that kind of sound. <laughs> The octave pedal, um, the way I like to use it the most is with the octave up, not oh, so much the yeah. octave down because if I'm playing with the bass player, it's kind of useless. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. I'll play like, that's the regular sound. Mm -hmm. And with it, mm. so it's kind of, it can be kind of subtle mm -hmm. or I can take it sort of to an extreme and you hear more of the high note than the low note. that Interesting. delay is pretty self-explanatory so if i hit it oh right uh, wow yeah and that's fun to experiment with and get different sounds mm -hmm. um, the reverb um sounds like this when it's on um so that kind of trail, that sort oh. of reflective kind of sound. Mm -hmm. That's one sort of sound that's available, but you can also get really cool sort of ambient types of sounds. Mm. Uh. So you can like sort of that. hear the, the notes sort of trailing off into the distance. Right. Um, mm. And the last effect 
before the looper is the tremolo, which sounds like this. So if you can hear kind of going mm. up and down, I can make it more severe. So. Last one's a looper. We don't have to demonstrate that one. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so you guys can see Jeremy's YouTube and Instagram for the looping, where you know he uses the looping. Yeah, mm. you know, I'm curious um, if and how your love of guitar has evolved. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it certainly has. <laughs> <laughs> I think it certainly has. I think uh, my love of guitar has always been um it's always been i've always loved just the act of playing guitar um the act of learning on the instrument the act of learning new songs the process of learning new things and just the sounds that the instrument creates um and the possibilities the things that have changed though are um sort of like why I love it and mm, um, interesting. why I love it and why I love the things that I do, mm. um, how I approach it for sure. Mm. Um, mm. Um, obviously the things I play have changed because I just learn more and I grow as a musician. Um, but yeah, I think I, I love it as much as I love it as a hobby. I love it as a gift nowadays mm. that um, that I am honored to be able to even play, um, mm. to play the guitar mm. uh, and to make music that I think sounds good, you know? Wow. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I never approached it with the intent to like impress people. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Somewhere along the way that kind of crept in. And that wasn't all I did was play to impress people, but, um, but I became aware of it. Um, and I've, I've had a lot of time to just think to myself the past mm -hmm. year or so with, <laughs> with the pandemic and everything. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's helped me to refocus my efforts on just playing for the joy of it mm -hmm. and letting everything else come after that. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously I play, for money because it's it's part of my job yeah um but the money I, I try i have to try not to let the money sort of dictate how i play or what i play to mm -hmm. a certain extent if i'm playing at a gig or a, a wedding and they request something obviously you know yeah, um, yeah. do what you can mm -hmm. but um right. but it's not about necessarily the money it's it's about um it's about sharing what I can with people and trying to trying to brighten their day if I can. Um, and that's, that's not to say that money is like terribly good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not rich by any means. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't, um, I, I make a, a, an okay living, but, um, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I try not to center too much on, on the things that are outside of my just playing the instrument, you know? Um, definitely 
and just and, the intrinsic joy of doing that um it's it keeps me coming back so yeah yeah you said a lot in there that i think is really interesting um you know and i i relate to what you were saying about you know not starting um playing guitar to impress people but it creeping in you know, I'm curious if you could speak more to that. Um, do you think that came as you were performing gigs or as you were um, performing, uh, like putting yourself out there on like social media? I'm curious kind of. Yeah, social media for sure. That's the biggest way it crept in. Yeah, just yeah. seeing all these like child prodigies and stuff mm -hmm. as you just kind of scroll through Instagram or whatever. <laughs> right. And it's uh, it can be really discouraging, honestly, and, mm -hmm. and um, not because you don't like what you hear or see from other people, but it's the comparison thing, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Comparing comparing yourself to to people who are just in completely different parts of the world, different circumstances, have been playing longer, or, or just like had lessons their whole lives or whatever, whatever it is, like yeah. there's no reason to compare yourself. Mm -hmm. um, everybody sounds different mm -hmm. on the on any instrument really yeah um as it should be you know it's it's another way to express yourself and express what's inside of you so um yeah comparing yourself and then the on the on the other end of that just tailoring what you play or what you put out there um to be what you think other people want to hear from you um mm -hmm. it's it's not a good way to go about it i don't think it is at least I agree. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, just playing what you feel like you want to play and, and put out what you feel like you want to put out, mm -hmm. um, that's the way to go. So, Yeah, yeah, I, I relate to that. You also mentioned, well, it sounds like you said, you know, definitely during this pandemic, you've had time kind of to yourself, kind of to, to get centered again on, you know, well, to get to be centered in yourself and, you know, playing, you know, essentially for you and what you want to play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, how has your approach to guitar changed? Um, my approach, I've, uh, I approach it much more, uh, not gingerly, but I, uh, my physical like handle on the guitar is much, uh, lighter. Um, mm. playing a guitar, uh, well, any guitar really, but um, when I play, when I first started playing, I would play super heavily. Like I was really heavy handed. Mm. So I would just kind of beat the strings. Mm. Cause I would just see, um, and it's, oh, I would see players like Stevie Ray Vaughan who played like that. Um, he was a mm -hmm. blues guitar player, um, in the eighties and nineties. And, um, beautiful, beautiful music that he played, ferocious music, honestly. And mm, mm, it sounds mm. so good, but he played like really, really thick strings. So he had to hit the guitar hard. Mm. That's just how he played. And that was his voice mm. and he could play with mm. dynamics, um, mm. but not everybody needs to play like that. And I found that I didn't need to play like that in order mm. to express myself. So um, a lot of times I just oh, sit uh, quietly and I'll play even with even unplugged like a, I mean it's plugged in but the amp is like it's the volume is turned down so I could play softly. Mm -hmm. I'm out of tune again. Uh, but you get the idea. 
if I can play wow. real hard yeah, and express beautiful. myself that way. But I've mm. learned in the past few years that I can, well, past year or so, really I've dug into that sort of style of really mm. being light and seeing how open the guitar can sound when you just kind of, when you lay off with your right hand and, and you don't have to dig into the, to the strings um, with your left hand as much. You can, you, mm. if you can hear that, like you can bend the note out of tune if you, if you press it too hard. So, <laughs> and just sort of messing with different types of vibrato, like uh, violin type of vibrato versus this kind of, I think they're both valid mm -hmm. and they're both good. They're both good for different um, contexts. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I've just been experimenting with a softer touch, um, more sensitive mm -hmm. uh, touch. And I think it's been really cool. It's helped me to, um, it's helped me to expand my vocabulary because when you play softer, you play differently. And so, right. um, mm -hmm. at least for me. And uh, yeah, yeah, so it just has widened my, my view of things and i've heard some players that inspire mm. me to do that players like um bill frisell who's a jazz jazz mm. guitar player and julian lodge who's mm. one of my favorites he's also a jazz player um mm. yeah beautiful musicians and and i learned a lot from just listening to their dynamics which is really really cool mm. yeah even in these demos you've been giving us you're showcasing you know your oh, range as well you. like just these different styles yeah, yeah man <laughs> Um, you mentioned you started to, you know, thinking more so of your playing as a gift. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm curious about um, how your faith comes through um, your playing. Yeah. Um, so I'm what most people would call religious. Um, and um, I've always been sort of surrounded by that. My father's a, a preacher. So um, that's where that comes from. But I've taken it um, into my own self as a as an adult, and um, yeah. So I see playing the guitar as a gift. I think uh, when I look back and see the circumstances that led to to my just like being a guitar player and being a musician, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I can see that it was um, it would seem coincidental, but I don't um, believe too much in, in coincidence, and mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I feel like it, it was something that really came naturally to me. Um, and I think it, it was just a gift um, from God, from from the creator, just um, the ability just to have that in me. Um, of course, I've worked hard um, to cultivate that and to mm -hmm. to grow it and to put it to use. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that has been my personal gift. But I also think, as, as I was saying, I think before we started, um, yeah. like music itself, I believe is a gift just mm. um, from God to us as human beings. Um, I, th I think it's the closest thing we have to actual magic. Um, ah, ooh. And it's uh, it's such a powerful tool. I, I studied a lot of like um, musical based like case studies and stuff uh, in college. Mm -hmm. I, I got my degree in psychology. And oh, so... Yes. <laughs> um, I would study like um, Alzheimer's patients or patients with dementia. And mm -hmm. it's so fascinating because the part of the music that is responsible for, or the, the part of the brain, excuse me, 
that's mm -hmm. responsible for for remembering like music and for mm -hmm. bringing for recalling that and for the memories associated with that is untouched mm -hmm. by by schizophrenia or alzheimer's mm -hmm. or dementia mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. um patients and and like hospice care and stuff like that if mm -hmm. you play the music from from their from their youth or music that they just really enjoyed over their life mm -hmm. their brains light up and it's so fascinating right and um mm -hmm. Yeah, I really think it's a powerful tool to not to be cliche, but to like bring people together. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, but also to to heal, um, sort of just like mental, um, to help to help people along who are going through mental challenges. I'll put it that mm -hmm. way. Because I know, um, just like in times when I'm low, um, in times even like as a teenager or as a kid when I'd be upset, my first thing that I would do is just go listen to music because mm -hmm. it helps me to, it helps me to relate to whoever's singing the song or it helps me to calm down or helps me to, to clear my mind. You know, it's a mm -hmm. really powerful, powerful tool. So yeah, I think, I believe it's a gift. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, one of, one of, yeah, my favorite um, kind of areas of, you know, psychology is studying the, you know, music on the brain and the mm -hmm. body and everything. And, I think, you know, I like that. I think that's really beautiful, you know, music as, you know, a gift. And I also just think, I just see the parallels even when we think about like the Holy Spirit and like air and like breath also, yeah. you know, associated with singing as well. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, when you pray or like when you sing, you're praying twice as the saying goes. And yeah. but also just the relationship between the breath and like our actual life and, there's you know an area of psychology is called like polyvagal theory and it talks about you know essentially when you're doing deep breathing um, it mm -hmm. increases you know the the vagal tone like the activation of the vagus nerve and that helps you to calm down and regulate your nervous system so mm -hmm. yeah i really enjoy you know that research um, in that area so kind of all of that kind of within you know and then of course like bringing people together um, mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful you know thing that we have in in life yeah hmm you know let me see all right let me see i'm looking at all right i'm looking at our our things here okay okay how are you feeling Feeling good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Really good. Right. So am I. And I'm really enjoying, um, you know, we'll just keep going. All right. So I'm curious about, um, I guess the thing is like, so if it gets, if we go too long, then the file is going to be like hard to Got you. upload. So that's why I'm kind of like, there's a lot I want to ask you. And it's been oh, so yeah. great. We can do and a part then, two uh, sometime if you want. Like, it's just no problem. Okay. Um, let me see. Um, I think an interesting place for people would be for beginner guitarists, like somebody that just bought their guitar. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. Like, it's just like, they're excited. They have their guitar. It's on the stand in their room. Mm -hmm. What are your tips for a beginner? Play what you want to hear. Oh. Um, mm, play what you want to hear. 
Yeah. If you like listening to country music, then play your favorite country songs. Learn them mm-hmm. and play them. Yeah. If yeah. you want to learn jazz, then start learning jazz. Like you don't have to. You don't have to learn some. There are no prerequisites to learning what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, there are steps to take, obviously, um, especially if you want to get into more complicated types of music. But you can always just start if you want to play country music. You don't have to start by learning like a jazz standard necessarily. Or if you want to play jazz, you don't have to start by learning like blues or, well, that would be helpful actually. Mm. Blues is the basis for most popular music these days, Mm. well, Mm. of the 20th century, I'll put it that way. Mm. Um, But like, there's there's really no barriers. Like um, a lot of people say like, oh, before before you buy an electric guitar, you need to buy an acoustic because that's just like what you have to do Mm -hmm. and i that's just not true like if you want to play electric then buy electric guitar you know Um, (laughs) if you want to play acoustic then do that it's a Mm -hmm. it's really a whatever you prefer go after it Mm. and don't let anyone tell you that you can't um because it's really a matter of putting the effort in to get what you want out of it Mm. um so yeah i think that's a really important message and um you know yeah you know we're playing music to enjoy it um and then it'll also help us to be more invested when we're actually playing the things we want to be playing Mm -hmm. um let me see you are you know as we can see throughout this interview very talented and you also kind of offer you know various services so you know for people who are kind of interested in you know making a living off of music um what are some of the various income streams musicians can have that's a really good question um i think under normal circumstances gigging Mm -hmm. would be one um Mm -hmm. going out even busking if you're if you're down with that um but yeah, just going out and playing the shows, getting connecting with other musicians and getting into bands and just going to places and playing, um, mm-hmm. playing bars and, and such, um, which I've had my fair, sh- I've done my fair share of that. Um, giving lessons, if you get to a place where you feel like you can teach a beginner or, or even an intermediate player um, what you know, um, that can always be a good thing. Um, for me, I offer uh, I offer lessons and I do gigs, and I um, man, what else do I do? <laughs> also, session guitarist. Right, session. That was, that was my last one. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I record. Um, sorry, it's been a long day. No, yeah, I, uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So learning how to record uh, mm-hmm. would be a really good tool. And I'm I'm I won't lie. Like I I was watching a video on YouTube today. Um, that asked this this same question. Oh, like hmm. the the guitar player's name is Rhett Shull. Uh, he's a he's a YouTuber. I watch his stuff all the time. I'm a big fan oh. of his. Hmm, nice. And um, he was he posed the question. Or he, he the video was titled like five things they don't teach you in music school. Oh, and nice. he was um, at least in his experience, he, there were some things that he um, he utilizes today in his life as a professional musician that. He wasn't taught when he went to music school 10 years ago mm-hmm. and um, learning how to record and how to 
um, how to mix music and how to make it sound good when it's recorded um, is a skill that they you can learn in music school, but they don't always teach you. Um, but it's a it's a really good tool to be able to have. And I'm not necessarily a professional um, engineer mm -hmm. or producer mm -hmm. necessarily, but um, I have a I have a humble recording setup and and I can record stuff that sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah, I was curious. Home, yeah, so. about you know, yeah, kind of your experience of learning to record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've learned a lot just by observing other people. Mm -hmm. um, one of my mentors is a, is a producer, so he has a really big uh, home studio, and I spent time in there playing on sessions for him and um, and just watching him navigate the. the the software and, and the hardware that he has and all those types of things using different microphones for different things. Um, and so I've learned from that and I've learned from just experimenting. I have, um, so there's uh, the software that people used to record, it's called Digital Audio Workstations, DAWs, DAWs. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. right. And so the one that I use the most is called Logic. It comes, mm, um, well, it doesn't come with Apple, but um, it's, a, it's for Apple products. Mm -hmm. And so once I had that on my laptop, I was able to just sort of experiment and see how things work and see how, um, see what sounds good and what doesn't, um, mm -hmm. how best to utilize the software to my advantage. So, um, mm -hmm. but GarageBand, if you have an iPhone, if you have an iPad, if you have a, an Apple computer, it's free, it comes on there. And you can just start messing around in there and just experiment. You can make whole songs in GarageBand. You can make a whole album in GarageBand. Um, it's a really yeah, useful dang. tool. And um, yeah, so that's what I would say for that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Steve Lacey, he did one of his projects at least on um, yeah, just GarageBand. Yeah, on, on his yeah. phone, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, on his phone. Let me see, okay. Oh yeah, I did want to ask you about you know, you mentioned your sister, Maya, um, mm -hmm. you know, she's a singer songwriter as well and guitarist. Yeah. Um, and you've performed on her music as well. So I was kind of curious, you know, what that was like for you to be able to play for your sister. Yeah, it, it was cool. I, um, she had a, her first record, um, came out a few years ago and, um, she would just call me up and my mentor is also her mentor and we would go oh. and, um, and we'd go to his house and, and record. Um, and yeah, it was cool Wor working on that music, um, just watching her creative process. And mm -hmm. um, it was my first time recording in a, in a, mm -hmm. in a in even like a semi-proper studio mm -hmm. um, outside of home. And so I learned a lot from that process. Um, I enjoyed it. It's it's uh, recording in a in a studio like with a producer and stuff. It's mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of repetition and hard work, and uh, mm -hmm. you gotta make sure you're on point um, when you do get ready to play and, and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We got to play like her CD release mm -hmm. uh, concert, mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah i'm trying to think back to those days that was a year it was, it was years ago you know so yeah it was like right. four years ago i think <laughs> when we were recording most of it um 
And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. Um, it, it was cool to be able to add what I do to, to somebody else, like to collaborate in that uh, way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because she can do what I can't do. I'm not a very good singer, mm-hmm. um, but I can do what she can't do. Um, mm-hmm. I play guitar just more than her and I play different styles and things like that. So yeah. I was able to add sort of my own little flavor. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And we talked about, um, yeah. So we, well, well, before that, um, yeah. Is there like a question that you've always wanted to answer about like guitar, like music? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> hmm. That I always wanted to answer? Yeah. Uh, like you wish somebody had like asked you or like any, or even like something, if there's anything you kind of want to share kind of with the listeners and the people watching. Yeah. Um. I don't know if there's a question I'd want to answer. Maybe, I guess I can just kind of reiterate what I was saying earlier about just um, playing music that you want to hear. I think that's a really important key to just expressing creativity through music with whatever instrument you play. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a conventional thing that you've heard before, especially Mm -hmm. if it's not a conventional thing that you've heard before, I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's where revolutionary things happen in music is where everybody has something within them everybody who picks up an instrument has something to say on that instrument even if they're not the most talented you can Mm. just say something like right yeah so just say it you know it's um there's no pressure like people seem to think there is um there's pressure in life but there's a lot of times in music and in my experience, the pressure has been self like inflicted. Mm, mm, mm. So um, there's not nearly as much pressure sometimes as you, as you might think there is. Um, Mm. So just go for it. Um, Don't be ashamed to try something new, try something different. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I really appreciate that. You know, that's an important message, you know, definitely. And yeah, I agree. You know, sometimes we can get in our own heads about, Mm-hmm. you know our own abilities or like our worth you know as musicians so exactly mm-hmm. yeah and you know we talked about that you you know well when we're not in a pandemic you gig um but then mm-hmm. you also do now hold you know virtual lessons as well yep um and you know session guitarists so um you know how can people book you yeah so you can reach out to me um via my website, jrhairston.com. Um, we just went live with it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. You can also reach out to yeah. me on uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Facebook, mm-hmm. Jeremy Hairston. Uh, Instagram, at jrhairston. You'll see me, uh, I think it's like a gray, uh, black and white picture of me holding a guitar. And mm-hmm. if you go to the page, it's just a bunch of guitar videos. <laughs> so you'll know me when you see me. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. And yeah, how else can people, you know, keep up with you and, and follow you? Yeah. So you can check out um, my YouTube page, which is J.R. Hairston. Um, and you can, if you do check it out, please be sure to subscribe and like it and all that kind of stuff for yes. the algorithm, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you can check out my band's music it's called lord anna l-o-r-d-e 
A-N-A. Um, if you dig like indie rock, rock and roll kind of stuff, um, you should dig it, I think. Uh, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty good. So um, yeah, check me out there. I um, composed all the music and played the bass and guitar on all the, all the oh. songs. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Sweet. You played the the bass on them. Did you also play guitar as well? I did. Yeah, we um um didn't have a bass player while we were recording, mm, so oh. I played the bass parts and then um, well I played the guitar parts first and then went back and played the bass parts. Oh, okay, wow, wow, I love it. I mean, yeah, it's been really great chopping it up, and you know, we got to go into some detail about yeah, you know yeah. your journey and then also some gear and you know, your guitars too. So that was a real treat for me, man. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, you know, everybody please follow Jeremy and keep up with him. 